And this is God's word. So if you're an American, the, the date July 4th has some special meaning to you, right? And so I suppose we all, we all probably have our own, our own customs, our own traditions that we are going to observe in the coming days here. Maybe it's that you get together, play games with friends and family. Maybe you've already caught some fireworks, but if not, I'm sure, I'm sure we will see some at some point. Whether you go to a show or not, you're probably going to see some. Maybe you, maybe you pull out the barbecue, maybe you hit, press play on that playlist that uh, just the patriotic songs that only come out once a year, but we all have our, our own ways of celebrating, but th- it's, a really, it's a really good thing that we take some time and, and we thank God for the blessing of this country, you know, the, the blessing of, of the United States and, and celebrate, celebrate our country because we probably don't talk about it enough, but we, we are blessed beyond belief to call the United States of America our home. We, the, all the, the freedoms that we, we take for granted on an everyday basis that most of the people throughout this world's history didn't have, all the, 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 the safety and the security in which we live, all these, all these things are amazing blessings to thank God for. And so I guess I'd, I'd encourage you to do that this week as you celebrate. Maybe just take a minute and, and think, what are some of the blessings that I, that I have simply because I am an American? And I'm guessing that you will get distracted and forget what you're doing long before you run out of blessings to list. But on that list, no doubt, would be the word freedom. Maybe even multiple times would be the word freedom. Because that word freedom is just, it's essential to us as Americans, right? It, it, is, it is, if you were to say, what is the United States of America all about? Simply put, you might say it's about freedom. And, and freedom is extremely important to us. And so maybe it is a tad bit ironic this morning that, that as we are about to celebrate this freedom, all the freedoms that we have as Americans, maybe it's a little ironic that we're talking this morning about a freedom that we do not have. Even as some of the most freedom-rich people to ever live in this world, you and I still have never experienced true freedom from sin. And, and that reality, that reality even though we, we are Christians, we, we come to God's house to hear God's word, the reality that we don't have freedom from the sin that we fight against, that can make people who aren't Christians say things like, well, Christians are bu- just a bunch of hypocrites, right? Or Christians really aren't all that different from everyone else they sin to. I can't believe something like that could ever happen in a group of Christians, and as maybe as judgmental as those things might sound to our ears, there is, there is a degree of truth to that as well, that, that God does call Christians to live in a way that stands out from the world in a positive way. And so when, when the opposite is true, when, when Christians draw attention to themselves for negative reasons, that's disappointing. Or maybe, maybe much more commonly what happens is, as Christians, we, we're tempted to just blend in Blend in rather than stand out. Blend in with the sinfulness of this world. And, and that's a, that can be a disappointing thing, obviously, to other Christians. But, but even to people who aren't Christians, they, they say, well, you don't really believe what you say you believe. You don't practice what you preach. You say don't sin, and you still sin. And so maybe sometimes when, when we find ourselves hearing things like that, well, we tell ourselves, I can't control everybody else. At least they aren't saying that about me. 
And yet the reality is somebody is saying that about you and they are saying it about me and they're saying it constantly. I can't believe you did that. You're supposed to be a Christian. Do you really even believe in Jesus? Those are the accusations that the devil throws our way every time that we fall into sin. Those are the lies that the devil wants us to hear. And, you know, the devil is the one who tempts us to sin, right? And he tells us, well, sin really isn't that big of a deal. And after all, nobody's really going to know about it anyway. And then when you fall into that temptation, the devil tells you, you you fool, I know what you did. God knows what you did. You really think God can love you now? You really think God can forgive you now after what you did? After everything God has done for you, this is how you treat him back. These are, these are the lies that the devil whispers into our ears and wants us to believe. And as Christians who fight the good fight of faith, we have all been through this, this miserable cycle of, of guilt and shame when we believe these lies, when we, when we think, maybe God can't love me because I am too bad of a sinner. So when you find yourself broken down in those lowest of moments, find your comfort in your God who knows you. And that means he knows your, your deepest secrets and your darkest mistakes, and yet you have a God who still wants to build you up and knows how to build you up through his word. Let's look again at some of those words that we just read from Romans 7 from the Apostle Paul. And remember, this is the Apostle Paul. He is a shining example of how to fight the good fight of faith. And he's, he's standing at Jesus' side in heaven now. And yet during, during his earthly struggle, even the Apostle Paul said these words, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. And you can just feel the, the frustration coming out of those words, can't you? And maybe we don't always admit to this level of frustration ourselves. You know, maybe we just say, it's pretty simple. If you're not supposed to do something, don't do it. Or maybe at our, at our lowest or at our worst moments, we say, I know I'm not supposed to do it, but I'll do it anyway, and I'll figure it out later. I'll suffer the consequences. But that's really not what Paul sounds like, neither one of those things. You know what Paul's words kind of remind me of, though? When you are just trying at something with all of your might and with all of your heart and you just cannot figure it out you know you put your your time and effort in and the, the practice is supposed to make perfect and it just doesn't and for for me that was that was anything musical you know I'd practice the piano and I'd try and try and try and I'd just say I just can't do it I would I did I was taking part in two different uh, church soccer camps in the last three weeks uh, we had ours a couple weeks ago, and then Shepherd of the Mountains had theirs this past week. You know how many times in those two weeks of soccer camp I heard a little kid say about a soccer skill, I just can't do it. It's really what Paul sounds like here. I just can't do it. And yet he is talking about something so much more serious. Paul is talking about wanting 
to leave behind the life of sin that entangles him. Paul is talking about wanting to, to get away from that sin. I just can't do it. But be, be honest this morning. Isn't it a little bit relieving to read these words and to know that somebody else, somebody else has felt this struggle just like you have? This is the Christian struggle, right? This is the Christian fight, and it is not, it is not glamorous. It is not particularly fun. And sometimes those, those temptations that we face feel so strong that maybe we do want to just cry out to God, God, I cannot do it. How can you expect me to do it, God? You tell me to fight this fight, and I can't win it. You're asking me to do something I can't do. God, I need help. I need help. Because if I fight this fight on my own, I'm going to lose. So God, please don't let me fall away from you. Don't let me lose my faith. Or maybe we echo Paul's words. What a wretched man. What a wretched person I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? And that's what makes the words that come next so incredible. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Paul lays out this amazing struggle, this amazing fight, and then he tells us, as you're fighting it, you can be at peace. You can know that you have victory in this fight, not because you can defeat it on your own, but because of what Jesus has done for you. Even as your fight continues and you fight to defend your faith and you fight to stay in God's word and you fight against sin, God says you already have victory and that victory can give you peace. And I know that peace and fighting, they really aren't two things that often exist together. Usually it, if, if there is fighting, there can be no peace. And that's why fighting exists, so that peace can come about. And yet God says, in the midst of your fight, you can have peace in Jesus' victory. Maybe you know that the United States National Anthem was written by a, a man named Francis Scott Key. Also happened to write a, one of the hymns that's in our blue hymnal, by the way. But uh, Francis Scott Key wrote the Star Spangled, ba Star Spangled Banner. Do you, do you know what Star Spangled Banner is about, though? Francis Scott Key was an American lawyer who found himself aboard a, a British warship during the War of 1812. And from that warship, he watched a battle wage on on the shores of Baltimore between the British and the Americans. And this battle waged on through the long hours of the night. And hour after hour, Mr. Key would look up to the flag that was flying above the fort on shore. And he would check to see, is that American flag still there? Is it still flying? Is my, is my nation still coming out victorious in this battle? When the battle ended there, it was still flying. So he wrote a song about it. And our national anthem really speaks to the, the anxiety that comes from fighting and the uncertainty of not knowing, is my side going to come out on top or not? Francis Scott Key looked to that flag, hoping, hoping that his side would come out victorious. God tells us that our fight is different from that fight. Maybe the, maybe the anxiety and the uncertainty are there, still in our fight and our life of faith and our fight against sin. 
But God tells us that we can, we can look up, not to a flag, but we can look up to the cross of Jesus. And we can know with absolute certainty that we will come out victorious in this fight. It's not just I hope my side wins. It's not just I hope this goes well. God says this is my promise. This is my absolutely certain case-closed fact that Jesus has won victory in this fight for you. And at the end of your fight of faith, God will declare you the winner because of what Jesus has done. And that remains true even as our fight continues. Even as we continue that back and forth struggle with temptation, as we seesaw back and forth with doing what God wants and doing what we want, God promises that that is true, that you have Jesus' victory. Even as we say with Paul, as we sometimes find ourselves saying, I don't understand what I do. We know that Jesus always understood everything that he would do for us as our Savior. Jesus understood, understood that this world that he was coming to save was so hopeless and so lost that even the good things that we want to do, we fail to do or we do them incompletely. And so Jesus never failed to do the good. And he did it perfectly. And all of, those, all of those good qualities that you just want to see in yourself so badly and that you, you keep coming up short, you know, kindness, patience, empathy, selflessness, Jesus had them all and he never failed to show them to anyone else. But then Jesus said, God, you can, you can punish me like the worst of sinners. God, you can punish me for the unkind and the impatient, and the apathetic, and the selfish. Jesus said, God, you can punish me for the sins of this world, and you can let those sinners go free. And that is the grace of your Savior, Jesus. That is the, the victory and the deliverance and the rescue from sin that Jesus won for you. Because Jesus paid that price, your victory over sin is a certain thing. And so if, if that is true, if Jesus has already won us victory over sin in this fight that we're fighting, why does the fight continue? You know, why does God tell us to keep fighting this fight against sin if Jesus already won us the victory? Well, the, the forgiveness that Jesus won to us, God tells us, is received through, through faith in Jesus as our Savior. Faith is how we receive the promises and the blessings that God gives to us. Faith means Trust, right? Faith means holding on to Jesus and his promises. And so God tells us to fight against sin for a reason because if we are holding on to sin, well then we're loosening our grip on Jesus and all of the promises that he has for us. And so maybe, maybe in church sometimes we, we say, but also why would I ever want to go back to that, to that sin, Right? And that is absolutely true. Jesus freed us from sin. Why would we want to go back to it? And yet it remains true that you and I are all still sinners. And we all still struggle with that sin every day. And that is why I am just so thankful for Romans chapter 7. Where God really helps us understand this struggle. Without these words, I mean, without these words, I don't know, I don't know what I would think about these sins that I still find myself struggling with. But with these words, God helps us understand that we are, we are two-part people. As Christians, we are 
100% forgiven and made holy by Jesus. And yet while we're still flesh and bones, we're also still 100% sinners. And so there is, this, there is this, these two sides at work, that we are, we are at the same time, we're holy and we're also not. And we're, we're saints and we're sinners and we have, we have a new self that wants to do what God wants us to do and we have an old self that still hangs on to that sin. And there is your fight, right there. And maybe you, like me, often feel like the old self wins a few too many battles in this fight. Or maybe you identified with the words of that, that first song that we sang. Maybe you often feel like you are the chief of sinners. And yet, so did, so did Paul. That's why he said those words. That's why he said those words about himself. And, and not, just, not just about the time before he was a Christian, when he was actively looking to persecute Christians, but he even says about his time while he is a Christian, Paul says, I know that good itself does not dwell in me. But then he adds that all-important qualifier, that is, in my, my sinful nature. Our sinful nature is 100% sinner, and yet our new self, our new self that lives for Jesus, is 100% saved by the blood of Jesus. You know, we can, we can only talk so much, we can only talk about so much of the Bible in one, in one sermon, but it, I would have just loved to, to get up here and talk about Romans the two chapters of Romans that, that bookend Romans 7. Romans 6 through 8 is really just an amazing description of, of what it is to live a Christian life. But before talks, Paul starts talking about this struggle against sin, he, he starts off by saying, you are baptized into God's family, and you, your baptism ties you to the price that Jesus paid on the cross, and so your sins are washed away in the waters of that baptism. And so as we, as we continue to fight this fight of faith and, and fight against sin and struggle. You know, we don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm probably going to be dishonest today. I'm probably going to lose my temper. I'm probably going to say something mean to someone I love. No, those things just happen, and that's the sin that we fight against. But what we can wake up and say in the morning is, I am a baptized child of God. God has brought me into his family through faith. And so I, I fight against my sin, I hate my sin, but I also know that Jesus washes away my sin. That is the peace that we have. That is the deliverance, the victory, the confidence that we have in our Savior. So continue to fight your fight. Continue to fight for the faith. Continue to fight against sin. But as you fight your fight, never stop looking up at the cross. Never stop looking up at that symbol of the ultimate victory that Jesus won for you, that absolutely certain victory that Jesus gives to you through faith. Amen. And the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard and keep your hearts and minds through faith in Christ Jesus.